Welcome to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where teams communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD. Our guest today is John Payne. John is a certified master athletic administrator and he's the assistant principal and AD at Reading Community High School in Reading, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati. John, my friend, welcome to the program. Jake, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed listening to some of the previous uh, podcasts here and uh, happy to be a part of this. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, well, absolutely. Uh, to our listeners, John and I go back a ways. We uh, are both members of the NIAAA Certification Committee, and uh, we've had a chance to uh, you know, work together and uh, get to know each other uh, uh, nationally as well as at the state coordinators conferences. So we're happy that he's on the program. John, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, uh, where you went to school and college, and you know how your love of sports helped uh, get you started into teaching and coaching. Sure. Uh, went to high school, to Edgewood High School here, uh, just a little north of uh, Reading and since, in, uh, excuse me, Trenton, Ohio. Um, played four years of football there, one year of basketball and two years of baseball. Uh, also, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later, hopefully, but uh, while going to school, my father was an athletic director. Uh, he spent 15 years as an AD at Middletown High School. Um, oh, wow. So uh, that's, that's uh, helped develop my love, you know, of, of the profession and of, and of sports itself. Um, went to Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and then uh, got my graduate degree from Xavier University. Uh, you know, obviously uh, throughout youth, played in all the youth sports of baseball and football and uh, my dad, again, was instrumental in starting an uh, instructional program for fifth and sixth grade and third and fourth grade basketball. Uh, so got, to, got ingrained in it very early and often uh, and uh, have loved every minute of it. Well, let's go and touch on uh, that. Uh, I'm always curious uh, for our ADs about, we always talk about the importance of leadership and uh, mentoring the next generation. And so I'm always curious about uh, the mentors uh, that you've had. I'm going to guess your dad was was probably a, a big mentor for you, but who are some of your other mentors growing up, uh, either coaches or teachers, um, as well as maybe people you worked with or worked for? Yes, yeah, certainly dad's at the top of that list. Uh, you know, being around him, he was one of my coaches, obviously, in the youth programs. Uh, he did let us go, me and my two brothers, once uh, we did get into school sports and let other people take care of us from there. But uh, huge mentor in terms of sports and coaching and, and uh, athletic administration uh, was my father. Uh, and then I always say that uh, no matter who you come across in this profession, another athletic director, 
uh, a principal, uh, a, a coach, you're learning something from them. It might be something that, that you're going to incorporate and use, or it might be something that you realize is uh, something you never want to do yourself. So I, I think everybody that, that you come in contact with certainly is a mentor, but uh, specifically from the positive end, there's numerous Ohio athletic directors. Uh, I, I could start listing them, but I'd forget somebody and I'd, I'd feel really bad about that. But when I first got started, a lot of those guys had uh, worked with my dad and, and knew him and, and, uh, were more than willing to help me out, which was tremendous. Uh, growing up and, and going to school, one of our uh, football coaches uh, was with us, uh, my class as seventh and eighth graders. And then as we moved to the high school, he moved to the high school as well, Mr. Fred Keck. Uh, he was one of my science teachers and, and football coaches and coached me in middle school basketball as well and, and developed a, a great friendship with him. Uh, ended up doing some uh, summer jobs with him, cutting wood and pouring concrete and, and all that kind of stuff. So. I've had plenty of those kind of people in my life uh, that were sport related, certainly. Uh, and then as, as I've moved through my career, uh, again, as you come across people, I think you learn something from them. Uh, it's, it's been uh, the joy of mine to be a part of the NIAAA and, and my state association uh, and learning from other people other than just those inside of Ohio. But, um, you know, the, the folks that I've had in contact with the certification committee, with the coordinators, uh, summits. Uh, and all of those things, uh, all of those folks really have been mentors to me as, you know, we always say we're lifelong learners, and that's certainly the case in this job and, and, uh, and the way it has uh, progressed uh, over the years since I started in it in 1999. Uh, the job is certainly different here in 2020 than it was in the 1999-2000 school year. You know, it's always great to hear those stories. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that path. You know, so after graduation uh, from college, um, you know, how did your uh, teaching and coaching path lead to your first position as an athletic director? Well, I started off as an elementary school PE teacher. Uh, I was uh, teaching elementary school and then also coaching. Uh, I coached football, basketball, and track. Uh, actually, the year I graduated from high school, I got a basketball officiating license as well. Uh, so I've really never been out of sports, uh, and, and my license is still active right now uh, to officiate basketball. I'm a little busier these days as an athletic director, and if I do get a night off, I certainly don't want to call, go call a game, but uh, uh, certainly stay involved that way. So I started off, I taught there at the elementary level. Uh, there was an opportunity to move to uh, the middle school where I was coaching football at the time, so I took that job. I taught uh, middle school uh, physical education as well, and then my very first uh, athletic experience, athletic director's experience came the very next year. I moved up to uh, one of the high schools, Monroe High School here in the area. And was uh, the, we had, uh, at that time, Monroe and Middletown were part of the same school district, Monroe and Middletown High Schools. Uh, then uh, the next year, Monroe split and became their own school district. So at that, that very first year, 1999-2000, uh, we had a district athletic director and then we had an athletic director in each building. Uh, I was fortunate enough to, to start my career there at Monroe High School uh, that one year. That last year that they were in a combined district as the on-site athletic director, I also taught um, physical education at the high school level as well that one year. Uh, then the very next year when they split, uh, again, I was fortunate to uh, get that position and spent the next two years there. Uh, so that, that's kind of been my path in, in terms of from teaching and coaching uh, into the athletic administration world. You know, um, in your last comment, you mentioned the job of the athletic director has changed since you first uh, got involved. 
obviously technology's had a big change. You know, the fact that we're talking today, you know, we weren't doing that 20 years ago uh, by Zoom or by anything else. How have you seen the job change, uh, the day-to-day -day job uh, from when you first started to now in 2020? That would be the biggest part would be the technology. Um, you know, back then, and I still do it today, but I still hand schedule. I've got paper and pencil and, and I do all my hand schedules before I even uh, start to enter them into Schedule Star or into Arbiter or, or whatever other scheduling software folks may be using out there. Um, and, and then this year, paper tickets and, and taking money has gone away. All of our tickets are pre-sale, they're all electronic. Uh, you know, all the reports uh, are electronic through that. So uh, the biggest, and then uh, the last piece I guess would be the, uh, the use of final forms. And again, I don't know what else anybody else is using and I'm certainly not a commercial for them, but not collecting all of that paperwork anymore. It's the only two pieces of paper that we collect are the doctors, where the doctor signs off on the physical telling us that the kid is, uh, eligible for participation without restrictions. So all of that paperwork going away um, and just the tech, technological aspect, uh, the social media aspect of getting, uh, you know, information out and being able to celebrate your student athletes uh, that way and, and get their successes out. Um, those are, are the probably the biggest changes. The other biggest change, uh, and this is it slowly changes every year, is the number of actual in-house coaches that you have. Uh, the people that you actually have your thumb on, that you can talk to on a daily basis, that you can walk down the hall and, and ask them a question or, or make a suggestion. Uh, that has slowly changed over the years, and it gets worse and worse every year. Uh, just the number of people uh, who are teachers and coaches anymore. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there's always a little bit more parental involvement, uh, which can be good and bad. Um, but, uh, you know, the biggest changes have been those technological advances, if you want to call them that. Uh, but uh, that's, that's the biggest thing since, you know, since I've gotten started at least. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the in-house coaches, um, you know, you're at a, a public school, you know, I've uh, spent the last you know, 25 years at private schools and, you know, my school right now, we are just so blessed. Um, almost every single one of our varsity head coaches uh, is on campus. And it just makes such a, a difference. Uh, and I think when you can get, and I know there's always challenges, but when you can get that superintendent, when you can get that principal uh, to embrace the idea of, you know, the, hey, let's hire great classroom teachers, but let's hire great teachers that can also add something else to the life of the school, even if it's running a club or something, it just really makes a difference. So, um, yeah, that's certainly a challenge uh, across the country is uh, diminishing number of in-house coaches. And it not only makes our job easier because we can walk right down the hall and talk to them, it makes things easier on the student athletes to be able to go talk to that coach if there is an issue or, or if that coach needs to seek a, a certain student athlete out or if you've got a potential candidate for a team uh, who doesn't know who the coach is, you can just take them straight down the hallway and introduce them. Uh, and it just makes that communication so much easier for everybody if you can get them in-house. Oh, 100%. You know, we talk about relationships, and that's where those relationships are sometimes first built, in the hallway, in the classroom, in the cafeteria. So, you know, good luck with that. If you need a recommendation, <laughs> tell me, I'll, I'll call your principal up. Um, you mentioned, you know, you started out uh, your AD career at uh, two other schools. You know, when you came to Reading, uh, I always like to talk about this idea of fresh eyes. What were some things that you saw at Reading that 
they were already doing a great job with and you just uh, said, hey, I'll, we want to keep this going. And then maybe what was something you looked at that, hey, this is pretty good, but I think we can do better. Well, I would say, you know, for the most part, everything was running really smooth. Uh, the gentleman that I replaced uh, is still here in the building. He just went back into the classroom. Uh, so being able to have that conversation with him uh, and talk about some different things that they were doing or, or different initiatives that, uh, that he had going. Um, also, the high school principal here now uh, is the former, was a former athletic director as well uh, here in this building or in this district, I shouldn't say this building, as we're just in our second year in this building, but uh, he was a former AD of the district. Uh, so, you know, having that perspective from, from him as well as the previous athletic director to, prior to me uh, has been tremendous for me. Uh, and then, you know, there, there's just great people in the community that you can lean on as well to talk to about things. Um, probably the one thing that, uh, uh, that I really wanted to, to shoot for that I've looked at at different places and, and just never got it started was a student leadership uh, uh, bunch or you know, whatever you want to call them, student leadership uh, team. Uh, we were the Blue Devil uh, athletic leadership team uh, is what we called ourselves. And uh, I finally got that started last year. That was, uh, it was a little bit of a struggle, but I was glad I got it done and, and able to meet with those kids and, and get some ideas going with them. But uh, so I, I would say, you know, to come in and make major changes, I, I wasn't, that wasn't necessary. Uh, things were, were running real smooth. It was just to add a few things to enhance what we were already doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, I think that's been a pattern with some of our ADs we've talked to is that, uh, you know, just come in and, you know, keep the good stuff going and, and try to stay out of the way of some really good coaches. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great people in this profession, you know, whether they stick with it or not, uh, you know, to go in and do a, a complete overhaul, I would say is probably very rare uh, of any kind of uh, athletic pro, uh, director's position or program. Um, let's go and talk about uh, COVID. You know, certainly it's had an impact, you know, across the country. Uh, we've seen some states cancel sports. Uh, some states it's business as usual. Uh, others have actually moved the seasons, football to spring and baseball to fall. Um, you know, here in Florida, we're, we delayed for about a month and now we're, you know, getting up and going, but we still have sections of the state down in South Florida, Miami-Dade, that are literally just getting back on campus as we speak. And to our listeners, we're recording this episode on September 23rd. So, John, my question is, what's happening in Ohio right now? What's happening in Reading with regards to return to school as well as uh, return to play? Well, in Reading specifically, we've returned to school and we return to play uh, as normal. Um, the, the OHSA, Ohio High School Athletic Association, uh, the only adjustment they have made thus far is they shortened the football regular season to six weeks. And then uh, everybody, which is not always, hasn't been the case in Ohio, everybody gets in the playoffs this year starting week seven. Uh, you can opt in or opt out. That's up to you. Uh, and if you choose to opt out, then you can play. If you can find opponents, other schools that opted out, you can continue on uh, to get your full 10 weeks of normal play in, but then that it has to end at that point. Uh, if you opt into the playoffs and you lose week seven, week eight, again, if you can find opponents and want to continue to play in the sport of football, you can do that up until that week 10 date. Uh, so it, it's been pretty interesting uh, as far as just the whole football scenario and how that's played out. There's, there's been 
over the years, lots of people that have said that we need to change our football structure so that everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody can get in the playoffs like they do in every other sport. Um, and this would be the first really uh, shot at that to see how that works out uh, in terms of the number of teams that do opt in and, and what it means to uh, the season and the schedule and, and how teams are able to, to go about that. So uh, in, in terms of uh, the state itself, um, there are some schools that uh, have not started their athletics. There's some schools here in the area that are just uh, their Board of Education finally opened up their athletics. So uh, they're just starting this week or next week uh, with their competitions. Uh, again, in, in every other sport uh, that we have here, we've been going since day one like, like we normally would. Uh, again, the only adjustment being that football schedule. In terms of school, it's all over the place. Some people are, are strictly uh, virtual. Uh, we are, have a, a really unique model here, which I'll get a little bit into in a second. And then some schools um, came back full blow like it was you know, no other year. Uh, and, uh, and again, there's schools that are just now opening up as well, and, and they have a plan to roll out uh, uh, on a progressive nature how their kids are coming to school. For us, it's an AMPM model. Uh, we have, uh, first off, we have everybody in one building. So our entire district is in one building. We've got thir about 1,300 students here uh, in this one building. Uh, so we have some kids, I think it's like 20%, that's, that's, that's fairly close, that are strictly virtual, not coming into the building at all. Uh, and then the remainder of the kids are uh, blended model. So they'll come uh, for bells one, two, and three on Mondays and Thursdays. And then they will do bells four, five, and six on Tuesdays and Fridays. Wednesday is a virtual day for everybody. And then on, on Mondays, Tuesdays, uh, Thursdays and Fridays are split into an AM and a PM session. So we have half of that approximately 80% coming in uh, on Monday mornings. Then they dismiss around 1120. And then at 1230, we start the PM session and they go till 330. So then we get the, the other half of kids in then. So it's a really kind of a unique model. It gives me the opportunity to do traffic duty four times a day uh, instead of uh, you know, the usual two. <laughs> but uh, for right now, it seems to be working. Um, you know, there's always those kids that uh, are going to struggle, um, whether it's uh, willfully or whether it's uh, just that's, that's who they are. Um, but uh, it, it seems to be working for now. Um, another question we've been asking our ADs uh, since we started this revolves around this idea of, you know, social awareness, uh, social justice. You know, last spring, in addition to uh, COVID, we also saw, you know, this really uh, become front and center in, in everyone's mind. The events in Minneapolis and Atlanta, um, you know, a month or so ago in Wisconsin. Uh, so my question is, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors in this area to, to do a better job? Uh, what can we do with our kids, our coaches, our communities? We're already doing uh, quite a bit. I mean, honestly, every athletic director across the country, it uh, doesn't matter uh, what your socioeconomic makeup is, doesn't matter what your school district makeup is, you're playing people at other schools that, that aren't like you. Uh, so no matter what, what your population is, you're, you're gonna find, uh, some of your opponents are not the same as you, uh, whatever that might be. Um, and we count on a lot of people in the athletic world to do the right thing all the time, whether it's all of our student athletes, whether it's all of our coaches, 
Uh, we're counting on those folks to do the right things all the time. And we're asking a lot of them. And I know that, uh, that we, we are asking them to do the right things, you know, in terms of talk to our student athletes, in terms of, you know, what are you doing out in the community as far as community service and community support uh, and making sure that the kids are aware, you know, that there are people that are different than them and how we should be treating those folks. Uh, I think the thing is, uh, in this day and age, we just have to be a little more intentional and deliberate uh, about the delivery of that stuff, uh, about the message that you want coming from your community, from your student athletes, from your coaches. What do you want to be known as? How do you want to be uh, perceived? You know, um, what is it that uh, when when someone says, "Oh, hey, there there goes a, a red and blue devil," what what do we want to follow that? Hey, they're they're doing a great thing. They're doing some great stuff over there. Or, man, I you know I, I don't think I'd ever send my kid there. That, that's not what we want. So, you know, again, I I say this a lot to a lot of people. I don't know any other profession where we count on that they count on the same number of people to do the right things all the time that we do here uh, in athletics with, with our coaches, with, uh, with our student athletes, with our parents in the stands uh, and everybody else that's just involved with our, our programs, whether it's your, your gay workers, you know, making sure that, that they're being uh, polite and, and, and welcoming and, and helping people out or whether they're going, eh, the restroom's over there, you know, it's, it's the delivery. Uh, and I tell, I tell my coaches and, and I, when I, I teach 502 to uh, a bunch of athletic directors, I tell them, everybody's watching you all the time. So whatever your body language is, whatever your tone of voice is, and, and, and however you carry yourself, everybody's going to see that. Somebody's going to see that and make a comment about it. So you got to be on top of it. Like I said, we just have to be a little bit more deliberate and more intentional on what we're doing and what our message is and, and how we want to be known. I appreciate you sharing that. Let's go and shift gears a little bit. Um, you know, we always say that, you know, the best part of our job is the kids, and it's true, you know, uh, those relationships. But um, outside of that, you know, what's your favorite part of uh, being the AD at Reading High School? What gets you excited about coming to work each day? I would say the, uh, you know, and, and not necessarily – I'm going to go away from the relationship with the student athlete. And I just like seeing that smile on their face. If they accomplish something that they didn't think they could, uh, when they win the game that they didn't think, you know, that they weren't favored in or they, they weren't supposed to win or, you know, they get a PR or, or whatever it is. I, I like seeing that smile on those kids' faces. Uh, you know, whether that's, whether they know I see it, whether that's directed to me, you know, all that kind of, the, the whole relationship thing. Yeah, that's why we're in, in this business of education. Uh, but just seeing kids do things that they didn't think they'd be able to do and get the joy out of that uh, is probably the number one thing for me. Beyond that, it, it's working with our coaches uh, because they're the ones that are, uh, are hands-on, probably a poor term, but uh, hands-on with our student athletes. They're the ones that uh, are in the front lines with them and, and teaching them the things uh, that we want them to, to, to do and, and say and be and, and how they want how we want them to project our programs and, and who they're, who they are and, and developing them into to young women and young men. Um, so th that part of the job and then the interaction with the other athletic directors, which, uh, you know, unfortunately with conferences being canceled here and, and not really being able to network um, as well as we have in the past in hospitality rooms or, or in meetings and conferences, um, you know, th those are the three things, you know, seeing the athletes be successful, 
uh, seeing our coaches uh, also be successful, but also developing those young uh, men and women, and then the relationships you, you, you forge with, with other athletic administrators across the country. I can certainly echo that. Uh, uh, I, I always smile. I'll be closing up after a game or something, you know, and it's whether it's eight o'clock or nine thirty, whatever, you know, a parent will be walking out of the gym and they'll say, Oh gosh, I'd hate to have your job. And I, I said, no, no, you, you got it wrong. I got the best job in the world. I get paid to come here and hang out with kids and coaches and uh, go to games. I said, you have to come here and watch your kid. I get paid to come here. So uh, uh, absolutely. I always like trying to hand them my keys and see how they react. Oh, yeah. here, here, you can have it. <laughs> It's, they, you know, they don't want those kids. Yeah. Well, John, this has been great. It's always uh, great to, you know, see a committee or, or maybe, uh, as you alluded to, uh, playing some LCR in the hospitality room, but uh, <laughs> we're not done yet. We always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you're certainly an experienced AD, but right now I'm going to task you with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are gonna go in John Payne's athletic director toolbox? Uh, the first one is uh, just some advice to get involved. Get involved at your local level, get involved at the uh, state level, and find time to get involved at the national level and, and do it right away. Uh, it's exactly what I did, uh, I had to, fight to be able to go to my first national conference um, and I uh, it was going to cost me out of pocket and some guys stepped up and let me stay in their room uh, but get involved because the again the relationships that that you'll forge and the the uh, information that you'll get from the other athletic directors uh, will be priceless and it'll be stuff that you'll use for the rest of your life um, the second thing I would say is, and as part of getting involved, is that networking. It is, uh, you know, talking to other athletic administrators. Um, it is uh, reaching out when you have a problem, when you have a question, when something's not going quite right. Uh, don't be afraid to call and don't be afraid to steal other people's ideas and, and paperwork. Uh, that's why we do this job. And there's, there's numerous things uh, that I have borrowed or stolen or asked if I could use and just put my school name on it. Uh, there's plenty of that stuff out there. So just, just get used to it. Uh, don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. And, and probably the last thing is make sure uh, you're up to date on the latest technological things. Um, like I said before, back in 1999, 2000, uh, we did not have half of the stuff that we're using now uh, rather than paper. Uh, but I still do, again, back everything up on paper because that's, that's how I learned it and, and that's what I'm most comfortable with. But um, if I had to actually hand somebody something, it might be my Excel spreadsheets that I use for all my financial documentation. Uh, it's great because it, it does the math for me, uh, and I don't have to try to make sure that, that uh, I carried over the two or the one or whatever it is and, and added them up correctly. Uh, Excel spreadsheets do that for me. I, I've got a budget sheet that I've used. I've got some ticket sales sheets that I use, some ticket inventory sheets. Uh, so for me to actually hand something to somebody, it would be along the way, uh, along the lines of technology, and it would be those Excel spreadsheets um, for them to put into their toolbox to be able to use and, and, and have uh, at their disposal. I think that's such an important point. I'm glad you made it. Uh, there's just so many things out there uh, that have already been done, and you don't have to as a new AD or even as an old AD, you know, uh, reinvent the wheel. 
it, it's out there and an athletic director is willing to share it. Uh, unlike coaching, where we try to keep our secrets. Uh, and then you just, as you mentioned, you just put your school's name and logo on it, and all of a sudden it's yours. So uh, uh, great, great stuff. John, thanks again for being on the podcast. Continued uh, success uh, this season and this year um, as your uh, teams compete. Jake, thanks for having me. And uh, anybody out there listening that uh, has a question they want to run by somebody, feel free to contact me. I'm, I'm happy to help out. Uh, Numerous guys, like I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, show, were there for me uh, when I needed it. Uh, and uh, I'll be certainly happy to return that favor if, if anybody uh, has a question or something they want to reach out. Uh, feel free to use me. John, I haven't figured out how to put somebody's email up on these. Uh, so um, for our podcast guests, uh, what email should they use to uh, get in touch with you? It'd be J-P-A-Y-N-E at Reading Schools. Reading, you can see here in the background, if you see the video. If not, it's R-E-A-D-I-N-G, and then schools with an S, S-C-H-O-O-L-S dot O-R-G. Okay. Thanks again to our listeners. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. Come back again next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, the Zoom video of this interview is available on the YouTube channel. That's Educational AD FIAAA podcast on YouTube. Thanks again.